The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. On this Memorial Day, it seems particularly appropriate to have as our guest the recently retired president of IANS, Dr. Diane Corcoran. Dr. Corcoran joined the Army Nurse Corps after completing nursing school in Rochester, New York. She served in the Army Nurse Corps for 25 years, starting in Vietnam and ending as the chief administrator in Frankfurt Army Medical Center during Desert Storm. During the 25 years she served in the military, she held a variety of positions from staff nurse director of education, nursing supervisor, to commander of the 86th CSH. During her time in the service, she also uh, completed a master's and a Ph.D. After retiring from the military, she was the director for medical services for a technology company that specialized in documentation of injuries during combat and transporting medical records on a computer chip smart card. She also worked for several healthcare consulting companies that worked with the Department of Defense. She currently is a healthcare consultant specializing in healthcare technology, smart card use in healthcare, and the care and support of people who have had near-death experiences. She's especially interested in service members who have had NDEs. Dr. Corcoran has published and presented on a variety of topics relating to NDEs, management, and grief. She has lectured nationally and internationally for over 30 years on the importance of healthcare professionals understanding the near-death experience. In addition, she has lectured on the implications of NDEs for the military, nursing, and other issues such as supporting terminal patients, grief, and bereavement. SIDS deaths and other issues related to death and dying are, all, are also included in that list. She started a research fund for exploring NDEs in the military and how we might help these service members and has published several articles on the near-death experience and combat NDEs. She continues to counsel people who have had NDEs and assist with resources and professional workshops in the area. Dr. Corcoran is President Emeritus of the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Diane, welcome to Near-Death Experience Radio. Thanks, Lee. Glad to be here. I could fill the whole half hour with your credentials. (laughs) You know, I I know of no other person who has done so much for veterans and for the military in the area of near-death experiences you have. And, and I hope you'll just tell our audience um, uh, how you got interested in that. Well, it's kind of uh, interesting in that uh, it started actually way back in Vietnam. Um, and I was a brand-new nurse and new to the military, um, and I was in Vietnam working nights as a second lieutenant And a young man called me over, and he had just had surgery, and I think he might have had an amputation. I'm not sure. Um, And he said, I need to tell you something, but you've got to promise me you will believe me. And, of course, this is 1969, so this is way before anything's been written about NDEs. So he proceeds to tell me um, about this experience he had when he was shot. And basically it was a classic NDE, uh, we know that now, 
but I had at the time no idea what he was talking about. And all I really could think of to tell him was that I thought it was an exceptional experience and what a gift it was and you know, I'm sure that it would end up being something positive in his life and really kind of just doing that so that he would feel like he was normal and it was all okay, that he wasn't going crazy or something. And mm-hmm. I've often thought thought of him because I wish, you know, I could get back in touch with him. But once that happened and I came back um, to the States and 70, I thought every doctor, nurse, psychiatrist should know about this to be able to support patients. So I kind of went on a crusade about teaching this. And I have to remind you, I was still active duty military. So there was probably a good number of people who thought I was crazy. <laughs> and I, I was teaching classes. Um, and, and every job I got, the higher the rank and the better the jobs, I would infuse it into curriculum that I was teaching or uh, head nurses meetings so that they would know if their patients that had this. It was fascinating, uh, some of the things that would happen, because I'd give a little lecture uh, to the head nurses about people having these experiences, and I could just see a couple of them looking like, oh, man, she's lost it. And interesting enough uh, that one of those <laughs> called me later in the morning and said, you better get over here. One of my patients had one of those things you were talking about. <laughs> and um, it, it was fascinating. So that was the beginning, and I'm still teaching and working with veterans, and we're really trying to make it more accessible to veterans because they have a unique situation and they really don't like talking to people who are not veterans and they really don't like talking about it at all very much. But I believe since we've had such a high suicide rate that if we could have early intervention with um, veterans who have had NDEs, and we now know about 50% of combat veterans have NDEs, I think we could do something with the suicide rate. Mm. What, was the, what was the attitude uh, toward your um, support of NDEs back then in Vietnam from the doctors and the medical staff, and has it changed much over the years? Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, everybody at that time just thought it was strange that I was talking about these things, and they call me, um, here's Lieutenant Death and Dying, and, you know, I was talking about all those things. And and remember, there wasn't a thing written, then nothing. Now we have videos, we have hundreds and thousands of books, we have doctors on the lecture circuit, so things have changed a lot. Yes. I still, as in my work as a hospital chaplain, I still found doctors who didn't have the time of day for NDEs or talking about NDEs. It, it always surprised me with with all of the movies and, as you say, books that have been written. You'd think they would be uh, sharper uh, on that subject at this point. You would think so. I have done a couple of hospitals that, where it was 
organized. So this is in the military that was organized by the hospital chaplains. So it's probably common in the military uh, for them maybe to go to chaplains. Um, and they were very receptive when I did this. But I think we still find people that just haven't heard of it, don't know anything about it, and it just is scary to them. Mm. There's some resistance in organized religion uh, against the notion of near-death experience. What about um, uh, military chaplains? Have they been trained to uh, acknowledge the the existence of NDEs? I used to, when I was on active duty, I taught all the military chaplains, chaplains as they came through the academy, academy the healthcare uh, uh, area. And it was, uh, way back then, it was interesting because uh, they're multi-denominational. And I remember giving this class and talking to them about how people are very affectionate and loving a lot of times. And, you know, they're great huggers. And this chaplain got up and said, you mean to tell me we're going to have all these people running around hugging each other? And I said, <laughs> I said well, wouldn't that be awful? You know, and boy, that's even more true today than ever before. We could uh, use some hugs. When, when uh, soldiers are brave enough to, to speak up about their NDE the way that brave soldier did back in Vietnam for you, do they risk um, being uh, considered crazy, or can it affect their, their status, militarily well, speaking? it could if they were still on active duty, and that's what they're afraid of. If they're veterans, it's not going to affect them or their benefits. But the ones that are trying to stay on active duty, um, it could affect their security clearance if their commander happened to think they were um, crazy or losing it and didn't really understand it. And the medical records in the military are not as secure and tight with HIPAA as we uh, like to think uh, our information is. And so it, it could be scary. And I understand why they hesitate. But if the veterans, there's so many veterans now that have had NDEs, we should be able to get a hold of them and help them. They are in serious trouble with between PTSD and between their physical injuries and the lack of support at the VA. Um, we need to be able to have some kind of intervention to help them understand that they're okay and these are normal events that happen to people. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's some way that the um, military chaplains organization could um, could reach out to the veterans, perhaps ask, uh, do a poll or um, somehow co contact them maybe by email. The, all those addresses must be in the records and ask them if, you know, how many of them have had NDEs and have they talked about it to their families and the like. Question, you know, just question them about it. Because yeah, if the I'm response sure. is, is as high as you, I mean, you, you were saying 50%. Yeah. If it were that high, I think the military would just have to acknowledge the reality. Well, you'd think so. Dr. David Hufford um, did this research last year, and it's the first 
time we've had any kind of statistics. And I think it would really be important for us to um, have something happen like that with the veterans and be able to um, have a survey or some kind of work because it's certainly, we're not doing well right now with veteran suicide rate. It's gone up in the last 10 years. So we've got to do something different. And I really believe that if we told people about it ahead of time, just a general description, and then had an early intervention when they come back to let them talk about it and acknowledge it, I think we could we could do something with it because they could help heal themselves. Mm. That's right. Well, uh, there's some research that says that the, some of the meds that they prescribe for depression can actually lead to suicide. And uh, so if we had some alternative methods for, for reaching out to them, uh, I people should take great comfort in having had a near-death experience. I mean, this is a, this is a, a real gift from God to have that insight. And uh, they just well, have to be reassured about it. That's very true. And sadly, they are putting people on uh, psychiatric medications and telling them they're bipolar because they came in and said, I saw God. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, those medications are terrible. They don't need to be on medications. And the fix is simple. We could do things that are very simple. They're not going to cost a lot of money. And um, we've just got to stop tormenting these people um, with medications and inappropriate behavior. They sometimes throw them into PTSD groups, which isn't going to do anything for the acknowledgement of their near-death experience. Well, and PTSD is a is a major problem um, in veterans these days, uh, probably a leading cause of suicide. Um, if they knew, you know, I found as a chaplain that not you don't you don't ha- ha- actually have to have a personal NDE to benefit from the stories that that evolve out of those NDEs. I would share other patients' stories with their permission, people who were afraid of dying or, you know, people with major diseases who were uh, just in despair over it to to indicate to them that life doesn't end at death. And uh, I would think that, uh, as, as you say, that we could probably prevent a lot of these suicides if they had that vision of, uh, of what comes next. I, I think um, it's absolutely correct. And I have used my knowledge of the NDE in many circumstances, a baby dying and SIDS death in, um, you know, terminal patients. Many times I have counseled people and used the near-death experience as an example for them to understand, you know, what what is next. Hmm. Now, I inst- uh, recently did a, a film for vets, isn't that right? Maybe you could tell yes. us a little about that. Well, we did a film for veterans to acknowledge why it was important that they have someone to talk to. And Roberta Moore went around the country interviewing veterans who had had near-death experiences. And many of them had chaplains, doctors, people just really ignore them. In one case, the chaplain just 
turned and walked away from him when he tried to tell him about his NDE. He had Dr. Walter Reed who said, I'm not interested in that. So, I mean, it is important that they get time to validate that. And so that was the purpose of the veterans film was to acknowledge they exist. and, And, you know, if the military was smart, they would, get in touch with us and let us help them set up a program. You'd think that uh, especially psychologists and psychiatrists who are trained to work with patients where they're at <laughs> instead of imposing, you know, their own structure uh, from the from the medical books on them would be able to hear the, an NDE story and say, okay, Maybe I don't personally believe it myself, but this is what this person believes, and it's important to them. And so I'm going to work with them on that particular aspect. Well, that um, that should be true. However, I did a talk at the hospital in San Antonio, and one of the psychologists from Brook Army Medical Center came over, and she was furious because she said, She couldn't believe that no one in all these years had ever given her any training or knowledge about NDEs. So she knew nothing about them. Wow. Well, I I remember a few years ago you and I were having a conversation and you said um, you'd just gone to teach a class of nurses and asked them how many, a large group of people, how many of you have heard of NDEs and hardly anyone raised their hand. Right. Uh, and they were all mental health workers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, it, it. I mean, I hope it's improved since then, and especially since we have some doctors talking about it now. But it's still, you know, all we need to do is acknowledge it for these veterans. And I think um, we are going to start an online um, military group. Uh, so that maybe we can get more people uh, to participate, and that will be interesting, and we may be able to help people that way. Mm. Now, is that film available to a veteran who might want to see it? Yes, uh, certainly. If they would email me, and you can put your email up, or my email up, um, we would make it available to them. Very good, and I and I suppose too, uh, if a chaplain at a veterans hospital wanted to uh, to show it to the medical staff, it would be valuable too. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Are you uh, now that you're no longer um, at Ions uh, all the time? Uh, are you? Uh, what are you working on now? Mostly the veterans stuff. We're trying to bring up this online group. We're trying to put a formal training program together. I'm still going out and lecturing or doing some other contacts. So we're trying to put some things together just for veterans. So the majority of my time now is spent just working on veterans things. Hmm. Um, if you, if, if a listener was uh, either working at a veterans hospital or is a veteran themselves, um, how would you, because they're listening to the show, they probably have either had an NDE or, or know all about them and, uh, and believe that this is a real phenomenon. How would you suggest that they get involved in, uh, in working to help the vets? 
Well, I think, first of all, we got to be sure they have accurate information, so they should call me, and okay. uh, I could work with them to either get a class or I could go give a class, and we get some people at their institution um, trained on this and available, and they can always have individual veterans call me, but it would be nice if they had resources in their own facility. Hmm. One of the things about an NDE is the universality of um, of the experience and also the notion that love is really the predominant force in the universe. Do you suppose the military has adopted the notion that you're going to make a poorer soldier out of someone who believes in the power of love over the power of force? I'm not sure that they know enough to even go that far. But what is clear is people who have had NDEs are not going to want to go back into combat. You know, they're going to be more altruistic. They're going to not have the same kind of attitudes as they did before. So mm-hmm. uh, in some ways that could be helpful. I mean, there's still a lot of places in the military where people could work in a non-combatant area. Uh, and their information and their insight could be very, very useful. So I think given the right way, we could help the military find places for them and um, give them some ideas about how to use people, Um, and some will just want to get out, and that's okay too. But we've got to help these veterans who have gotten out, and they are just lost. And they don't know what to do. One of the uh, interesting things about the the history of near-death experience stories is that the the first one I know about is the one Plato talks about in The Republic, about a soldier named Ur, and he is killed in the battlefield with several others, and they all travel together, their souls travel together. And I I have heard NDE stories from... um, from modern soldiers saying that when they had their near-death experience, others had died at the same time, and they left their bodies and saw the other souls leaving their bodies as well. Don't know if you've encountered stories like that. Yes, I have heard, and that's a lot of information to process for a young person who, because they're usually in platoons or groups, and this one soldier said he could see all the spirits Um, of the people who had been injured or killed with him. And he knew who was going to die and who was going to live. And, you know, it was very traumatic for him. Mm. So it wasn't a happy experience at all. It was. uh... Well, it wasn't unhappy, but it was he felt a lot of sadness. And and, um, I don't think he knew quite what to do with it. And that's something we could help him with. If people understand that this is not the end and that there's someplace else they're going to, um, he could have a different philosophy about what was happening. Right. Oh, it's such a, it's such an important, <laughs> uh, thing for the, I think for, um, the world really to acknowledge this, uh, because it, ex- it not only does it prove the existence of an afterlife, but it also 
it gives us a whole set of values that are not denominational or um the, you know the the good guys are not behind one border we're all you know equal in the eyes of god and uh to have that kind of a, a big picture of the way things are could help heal so many different situations in the world today oh that's very true and and we know from um some of the vets we have interviewed that between the VA and their lack, uh, or I guess their frustration with getting physical care, and if we were able to help them um, with understanding their NDEs, I think a great deal could be done that way. Because they have all kinds of programs because they've had such a high suicide rate, but they're not really, I mean, they're throwing medicine at them, and that's not the answer. Mm. That's true outside of the military as well. It's all, it's yeah. always the next pill down the line. The pharmaceutical industry is really tied, tied everyone in knots. Um, are there any military publications maybe coming out of the chaplain's office on the, on the NDE experience? No, not that I know of. I'm, uh, got myself, uh, I need to, um, write an article for AMSIS. And I will do that, but I'm not aware of any. Um, but, however, Bruce Grayson and David Huffer did do this research study, and I would think they would publish it in one of the military journals. Mm. Boy, that would be terrific. And then if it could be made into a, a pamphlet or something, even a chaplain who has his doubts could hand a soldier uh, a pamphlet describing what's known about NDEs, whether the chaplain believes in it or not. Um, we actually have some of those, Lee, and you can get some from the office. And I have just made up a what's called a walk-away card. The military uses them for training sometimes, and I made some up to see if it's something we might be able to use. And when I get one, I'll send you one. Terrific, terrific. I haven't yet seen the the, the vet film myself. Maybe uh, when I go to the uh, meeting in Seattle, I'll, I'll have a chance to sit down. And if they've yeah. got a DVD or something, I'll I'll watch it. If you could also email Roberta Moore, yes, and she can make it available for you to look at it on the web. Perhaps I should even get her to come on. She's been on um, the show before, but. To, just to talk about the vet film and, and the making yeah, of it. That'd be, that'd be a good idea. Are you going to be out at the uh, Seattle conference? Oh, yes. I'll be oh, there. You're, speaki- you're speaking, podcast. aren't you? Yeah, I have a d- I, military discussion group, yeah. Yeah, good, good. Well, I'll, I'll see you there. I'm, I'm encouraging people to get out there. Um, I missed last year's, and uh, I'm... I've been sorry that I missed it because I know a lot of good things happened. Um, it, it, it broke my record. Ever since you got me involved in IANS, I've been a faithful uh, uh, attendant until last year when I couldn't make it to uh, to Denver. But anyway, um, it should well, be a, it should be a good meeting one. this year. Yes. Did Did you have uh, you had a lot to do with the planning of this meeting, didn't you? No, they have a program committee. I'm on the committee. Um, but I'm trying to let other people um, 
take over and do some planning because it's not necessarily the way I would do it. So you kind of have to step back, step back sometimes and let the leadership do what it's going to do. Yes. Um, I was astounded at the number of presentations that you've given <laughs> when you sent me, you sent me your, your, uh, CV and, um, uh, and you, you gave a list of general topics that you come, that you're available to speak on, including near-death experiences, a healthcare issue, near-death experiences in children, near-death ex- issues in the military, grief and bereavement and management issues. And I was wondering if someone out there would like to have you come speak, ha- why don't you tell us how the best to get in touch with you? Yeah, just have them either call me or send me an email. And okay, get, tell give us your email address. It's dcorcoran1946 at gmail.com. Okay. dcorcoran1946. Right. Birth date? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're younger than I am, so there you go. <laughs> oh, Diane, it's been wonderful talking with you. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but... um um, let me, uh, for the audience's, uh, uh, benefit, let me thank you once again for sharing your story with us. And if, uh, if anyone out there would like to hear this program again, or any of our more than 240 programs to date, uh, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IONS and the upcoming Labor Day weekend annual conference just outside Seattle, please go to their website at ions.org. And be with us again next week, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying happy Memorial Day and thanks for listening.